Once, there lived a certain engineer cosmogonist who lit stars to dispel the dark. He arrived at the nebula of Andromeda when it was still filled with black clouds. He immediately cranked up a great vortex, and as soon as it began to move, the cosmogonist reached for his beams. He had three of these, red, violet, and invisible. With the first, he ignited a stellar sphere, and instantly it became a red giant. But the nebula grew no lighter. He pricked the star with the second beam until it whitened. Then he said to his apprentice, Keep an eye on it, and himself went off to kindle others. The apprentice waited a thousand years, then another thousand, but the engineer did not return. The apprentice grew weary of this waiting. He turned up the star, and from white it changed to blue. That pleased him, and he thought he could do everything now. He tried to turn it up some more, but it burnt. He searched in the box the cosmogonist had left behind, but there was nothing there. Less than nothing, it seemed. He looked and could not even see the bottom. The invisible beam, he thought. He wanted to jolt the star with it, but the question was, how? He took the box and hurled it, beam and all, into the fire. All the clouds of Andromeda flared up then, as if a hundred thousand stars were lit at once. And in the whole nebula, it grew bright as day. Great was the joy of the apprentice, but it did not last long, for the star burst. The cosmogonist flew up then, seeing the damage, and since he did not like to waste anything, he seized the beams and made planets of them. The first he fashioned out of gas, the second out of carbon, but for the third planet only the heavier metals were left. So what resulted was a sphere of the actinide series. The cosmogonist packed it tight, sent it flying, and said, In a hundred million years I'll return. We'll see what becomes of it. And he hurried off to find the apprentice, who had fled in fear of him. And on that third planet, Actinuria, there arose the great kingdom of the Palatinids. Each of them was so heavy he could walk only on Actinuria, for on the other planets the ground gave way beneath him, and when he shouted, the mountains fell. But at home they all stepped softly, and dared not raise their voices, because their ruler, Archithorius, knew no bounds when it came to cruelty. He lived in a palace carved out of a mountain of platinum, in which there were six hundred mighty halls, and in each hall lay one of his hands he was so large. He could not leave the palace, but had spies everywhere. So suspicious was he, and he tormented his subjects also with his greed. The Palatinids had need of neither lamps nor fires at night, for all the mountains of their planet were radioactive, so that during the new moon you could thread a needle. In the day, when the sun was too much for comfort, they slept in the depths of their mountains. Only at night time did they assemble in the metal valleys. But cruel Archithorius ordered lumps of uranium to be thrown into the kettles used to melt palladium with platinum, and issued a proclamation throughout the land. Each Palatinid was to come to the royal palace, where his measurements would be taken for a new suit of armor and pauldrons and breastplates were made, gauntlets and greaves, a visor and helmet, with everything glowing, 
for the garb was of uranium alloy, and brightest of all shone the earpieces. After this, the Palatinids could no longer come together and hold counsel, for if a gathering grew too numerous, it exploded. Thus, they had to lead their lives apart, passing one another at a distance, fearful of a chain reaction. Archithorius, meanwhile, delighted in their sorrow and burdened them with ever newer levies. His mints in the heart of the mountains hammered out ducats of lead, for lead was scarce in Arctinuria and had the highest value. Evil days fell upon the subjects of the cruel ruler. Some wished to foment rebellion against Archithorius, and for this purpose communicated in pantomime, but nothing came of that since there was always someone slow of understanding who approached the others to ask them what they meant, and as a result of his obtuseness, the conspiracy immediately blew up.